You're listening to Two Brain Radio. We make gyms profitable, getting you on track to making every day your perfect day. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf business tactics to help improve your gym, advance your fitness career, and move you closer to wealth. Get ready to start building your bigger and better business with your coach, best-selling fitness author of Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym, and Health First, Chris Cooper. What makes a good gym website? The answer to that question keeps changing. Five years ago, I would have said that you need this rotating banner image. Three years ago, I would have said that you have to have one splash page highlighting the benefits of your service. That's true. The problem is that the benefits of your service change by the client you're trying to target. And so you need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to add your own landing pages. Your main cover page should reflect what your most important clients want. That's going to be different from what my most important clients want. So a website that's based on a template with the same kind of rotating image is not going to work anymore. I use for time design for the twobrainbusiness.com and Catalyst Gym websites because those are the most important websites I own. I want responsive design that's going to work well on mobile. About 60% of your clients are going to come through mobile and more in the future. I want a responsive designer, which means I can contact them to make changes. And I want to know how to change my own oil. I want to know how to get in there and add my own posts. I talk a lot about content marketing, and that means I have to know the medium through which I'm delivering my content. Using for time design has been my choice now for about three years because Teresa and her team are super responsive. She can answer questions for me. She can show me how to do it myself if I want to, or she can do it for me if I don't have time. She's created a big series of videos for two brain clients in our incubator and growth stages to watch so that they can do stuff like build landing pages themselves. A lot of website companies try to pull the curtain in front of their knowledge. They try to hold a lot of stuff secret so that they can charge you to do the basic things. Just like in car maintenance, changing your oil, rotating your tires. If you wanna do that stuff, awesome. If you don't have time to do that stuff, take it to the garage. Teresa at For Time Design gives you both options and she'll even teach you how to do it yourself if you want to. I use ForTimeDesign.com. That's what's made them an official Two Brain partner is our firm belief in their commitment to helping first and a strong sense of service value. Jason Rule, welcome to Two Brain Radio. Ah, Chris, thanks for having me. It's exciting to be here. It's my pleasure, man. I think we're going to learn a lot here and probably help a lot of affiliates with their retail and just gym operations in general. And I know you've also got some stuff to share about marketing that's going to help them too. I'd love to start though with your story. So tell me the Jason Rule story in five minutes or less. Five minutes or less. I've been a serial entrepreneur for 20 plus years, started a software development firm, sold it. And then a buddy of mine owned a local GNC. And when I sold my software company, one of the requirements was that I had to stick around with them for a year to fulfill the onboarding and everything else for my clients and then getting their tech team up to speed as far as what we did. And then when my time was up, I asked my buddy if he ever wanted to sell a store to let me know. And he told me a week later, yeah, let's rock and roll. Let's do it. So I got into retail, uh, specifically running that store and then bought another one a year later and ran those throughout the time and it was there was good times and uh there were rough times without getting into a whole lot of things as far as the 
the ethos, but one of the things that's similar to CrossFit with what we used to have with GNCs is the franchisees used to have a strong community. We used to share information back and forth. What brands were people using? How were, because I mean, these were, we were guys who had a common thread. We put our life savings into these stores to support, to support our families, to grow a business and support the people who were buying products from us. You know, we were, we were local. All my nephews played sports there in town. So and I think I mentioned this to you when we were in Chicago, you know, I always ran my stores to where if someone came in and asked for a specific product or, or sold a specific product, I made sure that my guys all knew like, Hey, if, if, if a kid comes in here and buys the wrong product, you won't work here very long because whether it's my nephew or one of his friends, word gets around. So we just, we just always took the approach of what, what should people buy? as opposed to what should we sell them. And there are a lot of people in the, inside of the community that ran it that way. Fast forward a little bit, we decided to get into our own supplement line. I got tired of supplement companies kind of selling us out, going mass market or cutting back on raws, cutting, uh, making a cheaper product and telling us it was a better product. So I just figured I've got the distribution, I could do it through our stores and I can control the price point. So we launched our first company almost 13 years ago now. And fast forward a few years, sold the stores, that company was doing well. And I was at a CrossFit competition and I was blown away by the sport, by the people who were there. Uh, you know, I ran college track and everybody was so, was so supportive of everybody else. You know, everybody cheering for last place and we've all seen that. And it just really struck me because the the ethos and bodybuilding figure competition stuff like that i i that doesn't really fit with me you know i'm 40 i'll be 44 this year i've got four kids my wife and i've been together for 20 some odd years so the it just felt like i found my people and we started working with a few crossfit gyms and they were telling me you know jason i don't care if i make a profit i just want a really good product to offer my members and that struck me because a lot of these guys the more that I found out about the community, a lot of these guys were law enforcement, past military, firefighters. They had they had a high touch point in terms of how much they cared about the people who were their members and their customers, um, but they needed help as far as business because what I heard was I don't to me to me it's a given if you're making supplements and if you're in the industry you should be making a good product. So that aside. What I heard was we need we need to know how to make a profitable business unit inside of our gym out of these supplements because our members are buying stuff, but they're getting sold the wrong stuff when they're not buying it from us. So that's really where the genesis came about for Driven is working with a handful of gym owners who, are, who became friends is if, look guys, if we started a brand from scratch, what would you need in terms of products, in terms of support. That was, if it was exclusive to affiliates, what would you guys need? And that's that's where we came up with, we need we need good tasting proteins, we need amino acids, creatine, they need to be clean, which which for me, that was that was an easy answer just because like, if, if same thing with my stores, if we're gonna sell something to a customer, I need to be comfortable selling it to my nephews. And now, you know, my oldest son is now 17, I've got, Another one that's 14. So same thing is if I'm if I'm comfortable selling it, then I should be comfortable with my son taking it. And it just so happened that that became a perfect fit with inside of the affiliate community. No, that's great, man. So you had a, a software company. What led you to GNC? Did they just hire you to help them with something? No, uh, my uh, my wife's brother yeah. worked. Uh, he's he spent a summer with us 
in Hayes where we lived and he took a job. He was big in the bodybuilding and weightlifting. And so he took a job there at the local GNC and I became friends with the franchisee. And, uh, so we went golfing, played, um, just played games, just became buddies. And, uh, it was through that conversation, like, Hey, you know, if you ever want to sell this, cause I knew he, he really didn't like the town that we lived in. So, and, uh, being, uh, from, from my athletics experience, you know, playing football in high school, track in college, I'd been sold. I'd gone into that store so many times over the last, geez, probably, I remember going in when I was 14 or 15 thinking, you know, all of this stuff is, is gonna, you know, uh, cause physical issues or I can't buy it because I'm 16 or I can't take it. But I remember specifically getting sold the wrong products, not, not things that were like unhealthy from, you know, like a, not a testosterone boost or anything like that, but just the wrong product for where I was in my fitness journey. And that really tied into when he told me, yeah, I'd like to sell it. I thought, okay, there's, I remember, I remember being a customer. I remember what was wrong when I bought stuff. So I'm going to fix that part of it. Okay, so you're in the supplement world now. You've experienced one model, uh, you know, the retail. How did you get out of the GNCs? Sold them. Yep. It, uh, you know, there was it was a it was a very competitive marketplace, and uh, just our franchise or there were, there were some issues that they had going on. They had recently gone public, so they become legally obligated to make basically as much money as possible. So I had our life we had our life savings tied up in these stores, and we had very little virtually no control over what we did. Basically glorified store managers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow is right. So, um, but you've got a big family, you've got kids who depend on you, you know? Um, so taking the jump into entrepreneurship from kind of a, a franchise model into what you're doing now, that must have been a little bit nerve wracking. It was. And, uh, you know, you instantly your, your income shuts off. So you go from making a good living, you've got good cash flow and everything else to, got a struggling business and then then you not only have a struggling business that's growing you're trying to fund it but then you start a brand new iteration that's um i mean driven is driven is unlike anything else really out there in the industry and um we started very small and we were going against some really strong incumbents so it just we got really lucky the timing was right you know the space was the space was really heavy with things that were incongruent what i feel uh, with the affiliate community you know, not just from some of the things that the owners were doing of some of the supplement companies, but the marketing, you know, there were so many companies that were marketing into and at CrossFitters. Nobody was really going to the people who were building their brands, building the brand, which is the affiliate owners. And, you know, they, there was a lot of fluff and there was a lot of just stuff that goes on inside of the fitness industry and, and the supplement industry. And it doesn't surprise me that a lot of them struggled and a lot of them failed and a lot of them are still hanging on. I just think that they forgot who was building their brand. And by that, you mean the affiliates, right? The affiliates. And, you know, so instead of just advertising and saying, Hey, you know, here's the sexiest new packaging we can have, or the latest model we can put our brand on, you know, instead, how do you build value for the people who are, have their life savings tied up inside of these gyms and have, have the ear and the best interest of their members? What, what can you deliver to them? that will be better or different than anything else out there. Okay. And so, this is, a, this oh, is what so attracted I, me to this conversation, Jason, is like, you know, your, there are nutrition brands out there. There are supplement brands out there, but they sell to CrossFitters. They don't exist to help the affiliate owner. And I, right. I think that's where we're going, right? Right. Yep. And that's been our focus from, from day one. You know, when I onboard affiliates, I tell them, uh, everybody gets my cell phone. I tell them flat out, like, 
and I let them know this is a two-way door. Like I fully expect for to do a good enough job for you that when another affiliate says, hey, what do you do for supplements? You don't him and haw. You don't say, well, I do this or well, I do that. You flat out, if you're not working with Jason, you're missing the boat at, with, by not working with Driven. So, and for, so what that's done is that creates, that's created a level of accountability back towards us to where, when, you know, cause if I say that to you, you're going to hold my feet to the fire as an affiliate owner. And if we screw up, if we drop the ball, um, or there's just simply something that we can do to make an improvement on it, these guys reach out to us often and let us know either where we're stubbing our toe or where we can get better. And that's how we've been able to develop a lot of the tools that, that we give to affiliates and teaching them to to educate their members about supplements, to help them market it, to keep it front of mind, teach their coaches how to talk about the products in a way that's congruent and not salesy. So, okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to get into like the scientific formulation of supplements here or be too technical at all, but I think people who have read my books and listened to this podcast know that we actually don't sell supplements at Catalyst. And the reason was because I just didn't think that I had time to become an expert. So now that I've got an expert sitting in front of me, when <laughs> people are choosing like, you know, what to recommend to, to these people who trust you so much as a coach, like what should they be looking at? How do they decide? And that's, you know, that's a tough one. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to deflect the expert compliment, but I appreciate that because I'm far from it. The, uh, you know, we've got 50 some odd SKUs. So that's one of the questions we get a lot is how do, how do I direct my members to, you know, what's the difference between driven way and post one? So what we've done is we've started creating content that we deliver to the affiliate owners. And more important, we, we've started delivering it to the coaches and in a follow-up system that teaches them about these products. And you know, with, with a coach, with an affiliate, it really just comes down to what do you take personally? And if, if you like it and if you believe that it's a good fit for that member, where they are in their fitness journey, offer it to them, make it available, and then let them know your experience because it's not the it's not the science, it's not the you know the images of the atoms and the molecules and everything else that sells products. It's you know, Chris, when you go for a ride in the morning, you know the story you told just recently on your podcast talking about your morning routine. Those are the things that people remember. So they want to know, coach, affiliate owner, what do you take and why do you take it, and do you think it would be a good fit for me? So that that. That's something that I've really been trying to to press into affiliates hard is tell your story and keep it consistent with what you take already or what you want to take and want to learn because there'll be things that you take that you'll absolutely love but won't be a good fit for Sally when she's six months in or there'll be things that, that are a good fit. So if you share those stories and share those experiences that you have with the product, that's, that's the most important thing. So the tools that we produce, whether it's the content, the podcasts, the articles that we feed out to the affiliate owners, that helps a lot in terms of raising that awareness with those guys. Okay. So, so telling good stories is also a technique that I think a lot of the bigger supplement companies use, right? Would you agree with that? Yep. What are some ways that some bigger supplement companies are using this right now that affiliate owners can learn from and copy and use for the power of good? Hmm. Power of good. For example, when I was on the HQ podcast, one of the things that they said was that affiliate owners don't copy CrossFit HQ's media as often as they should. And I thought, well, none of us knows that we're supposed to do that. 
So if I'm, if I'm looking at like a, a bigger supplement company, for example, and um, I see like, oh, they're sponsoring athletes and they're, they've got this athlete on Instagram or whatever, you know, what are some other practices that maybe the companies are doing that affiliate owners could do in their own gym? That's a great question. It's uh, some of the things that we're teaching now. Tell the stories, turn your camera on, which, is, uh, which, uh, which I can always uh, connect with affiliate owners when they say, you know, I just don't like being in front of the camera. You know, I hate the sound of my own voice. I don't like the way that I look on camera. So, but getting out and telling that story of if you're taking, so let's say, for example, you're taking a protein, turn your camera on in your gym, in, in your environment where your members are there often. And just do a Facebook Live of why you take it. A lot of brands, a lot, a lot of the smart brands are getting away from the highly post-production videos, post-production images, and it's very authentic looking. So it's a story of a guy, he holds his camera up above and then he comes back down. Hey guys, what we got going on today is we're just going to talk about X product. And that goes for, from a marketing standpoint, that goes for not just supplements, but shirts, Nalgene bottles, anything inside that they're running the six-week challenge, anything like that. If they just will take pictures inside of their environment and, you know, you guys have done a good job of steering people away from, you know, taking pictures of a guy grinding away on 300 pounds, you know, sweating, you know, having chains hanging off um, and actually telling the story that's happening inside the gym. It should be consistent. And I think that that's one of the things that some of the big brands are starting to do a good job of is they're creating a thread that's consistent from their brand to what people experience when they go to stores. So the marketing is the same. But I think I think one of the things they can jump on right away is just a Facebook Live, tell a story, or in addition to that is a recipe. Make make a recipe of something and then share it up and then ask their members inside their group, hey guys, if you can, make it to Monday's class. We'll be bringing this out and let us know what you think. Oh, now I, I want my coach to make a recipe for Monday's class. That's great. <laughs> okay. you know, one, of, one of my favorite things I think about you is you don't just tell you know affiliates here's what you should have but you also help them market the stuff you know you solve that problem for them so what are what are some of the things that you like to share with affiliates who want to sell more protein or products in their gym uh first thing is talk about it you know keep it front of mind uh two to three times a week on social media tell a story take a picture of either yourself or one of your other coaches taking taking the product again showing it in your environment showing in your home showing in showing in the gym to where your members are there on a consistent basis take those pictures keeping it front of mind is i believe one of the most powerful things that people can do if they're trying to get any type of retail to take off consistently two to three times a week having those having those resources that we have with the articles on each product you know we've got some products that have five or six articles on them and a lot of those products a lot of those product articles will thread from, you know, Amino to Disrupt, Prewad, and talk about the different aspects of what they do. And kind of, we try to put it in, in context that allows them to understand it as an athlete, because if they understand it as an athlete themselves, they can talk about, talk about it to members. So it stays away from the sales approach of it to just as an athlete, this is what it can do for you. And oh, by the way, this other product does this, that may be a better fit. So specifically, some of the things that we do is the emails to the coaches, to the affiliates. And then we have a Facebook group called Building Retail in Your Box, which I think has 850 affiliates in it. And for the first six months, I was very, very apprehensive about putting in 
products, putting things in there that were specific to selling driven nutrition products, because I wanted it to be fairly agnostic. You know, it's, it's building retail. But as, as, we've, as we've grown, so many of those, I mean, most of those affiliates are focusing on driven. So they've actually asked us, hey, inside of this group, focus on driven products. How can we do that? And just recently, we did a podcast with Matt Abrizio, um, a friend of yours and, um, you know, an amazing advocate for your guys' company. We did one on hemp oil. You know, we offer Charlotte's Web. It's um, um, what I believe is the best uh, hemp oil CBD product out there. So we did a Facebook Live talking for almost an hour, talking about the legalities of it, how you can take it, how you should take it, what are the different dosages and that types of things. So just constantly coming out with content that we can provide to affiliates and, and their coaches is how we do that. I mean, I think you're being a little bit humble there, Jason. You guys have gone from kind of this best kept secret to now every affiliate owner has pretty much heard the word driven. I don't think that happened by accident. So can you describe like what tactics you used to help get the driven brand in front of more affiliate owners? Because uh, I, I think gym owners can learn from this, right? Like everybody's too passive about how amazing their service is, even in their own community. Uh, yeah. I mean, for one, a tactic is, is one that's, uh, um, actually today, today, I don't know if you realize this or not, but today is our four year friendship anniversary. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Should, can I tell that story? Yeah, please do. Okay. So here we go. Uh, one of the tactics that we used was there's inside of your community, there's always people who are influencers, people who can spread the word. But when we were first getting off the ground, we didn't have, we didn't have our chops about us. And I was like anybody else, you're excited about your brand, everything else. And I told Chris this story when we were out in Chicago, I still have, I printed it off and we've since moved. And, uh, but I have this, this is the dialogue of Chris Cooper and I first talking. Oh um, yeah, this is, this, this is going to look like a dick. Go ahead. No, no, it, no. I'm going to preface this. Like it, <laughs> it absolutely doesn't. You were so kind about it. So I, I sent you a, a message and I won't, I won't read the whole thing, but it's just, it was a, it was an unsolicited pitch. And I just basically said, Hey, I have expansive knowledge in, in retail. We have a brand that's exclusive to affiliates. I'm not trying to be spammy here, but I'd love if I could share some of our story here. And you just said, and and this was this was such a great lesson to me. And uh, uh, you said, Jason, if you have to swear you're not trying to spam someone, you're spamming them. Not interested. So Chris, that was that was sent uh, at five ten seven eighteen four years to the day. That's crazy uh, today. So one of the tactics is don't send spammy messages to people, <laughs> <laughs> but but reach out to people who are influential and and t start getting your story told. And one of the one of the tactics we I had a good friend of mine who uh, is an Olympic lifter, Jeff Whitmer. He knew the guys from Barbell Shrugged, and we ended up getting inside of their gym. And uh, I sent uh, Kurt McMillan a text and said, "Hey, you had mentioned that you might want to introduce me to the guys from Barbell Shrugged." And he said, "Yeah, sure." And I think it took two more texts before finally finally made the introduction. Ended up getting on that podcast, and I think. I think tactics aside, if if we did if we hadn't done the work and if we didn't have the assets, just like four years ago, I wasn't ready to talk to you. And I think I told you this in Chicago. I wasn't ready to have this conversation because we didn't have the tools. I knew where we wanted to go as a company. Our compass was pointed in the right direction. But as we've as we've grown, we've developed so many more things. Just like in two years, we're gonna be a completely different looking company, I'm sure, than we are right now. But you know, be patient 
and reach out to people who are influential in that space. And when you do get the opportunity to bend the ear of somebody who is influential, be genuine, be yourself, because the worst thing you can do is be full of shit and, you know, try to sell something that you're not, because more than likely they've probably vetted you to a T and they probably know a lot more about you than you can imagine. So if, if you say you can do something, make sure you can do it and work your butt off to be at that point to where when you do get somebody's ear or you do get on a podcast that you have you have the the tools available that you say that you do or you've done the work so yeah it, you know i tell people we're, we're we're an overnight success but that's the case with most you know companies um at some point it hits a critical mass so but no and i think you know another part of one of the reasons that we've been able to spread is that conversation i shared with you earlier on is you know, I fully expect to do a good enough job for the affiliates that we work with that I expect them to spread the word. And I think that I think that if affiliates can embrace that type of conversation with their members on day one, like, you know, if you're coming to my gym, Chris, I fully expect to do such a job for you that you're going to feel better. You're going to look better. Um, when people ask what you're doing, you grab them by the hand and you physically pull them into our facilities so we can talk to them. And it's your affiliates, affiliates seem to forget that how much their members love them and they're scared to make a profit. They're scared to ask for something. And if they would just ask, hey, this is gonna be an important part of our business, whether it's retail of supplements, retail of shirts or expansion through referrals. If they just ask, they'll get help. Okay, so I think you just led me back to a point that you made and that is that you didn't give up. So, I mean, you know, you sent me an email and, and probably at that time I was getting a lot of them. I just rejected it out of hand, probably before I should have. Your friend mentioned that he could get you on Barbell Shrugs. It still took a few texts. I'm sure none of that was comfortable for you. How did you keep going? I didn't have a choice. You know, it, uh, it got a family of four when... When Elliot was moving, when Elliot was actually, so for uh, Elliot was uh, 14 at the time and the company was growing at a rate and I still lived in Kansas. I was running things remotely, had a partner here that was taking care of the warehouse, distributing that type of thing, but it was growing at a rate that I couldn't keep my arms around it. And I knew that if we doubled, we were going to be in trouble. So it was the summer of, it was actually three years ago, almost to the day that we started packing U-Haul on the town. We lived in town for 30 years. So we packed up, moved the family, and Elliot was going going to be a high, uh, freshman in high school. Peyton was going to be a sixth grader. So I figured if if you're going to do it, swing and swing really hard. So the things that are uncomfortable being being on podcasts, I, I love talking one on one. I think I told you this in Chicago. So I enjoy I enjoy the visual aspect of just talking to you. But we we uprooted our family of a town that we'd been in 30 years, and we left well, all of our friends, all of our family, and we moved to, to Nixon, Missouri, which is just six miles south of where I am now of our warehouse. And I had to. It I, I believe that the stars lined up just right, and there's we have we have an amazing opportunity to build an enormous company and that is built on the foundation of helping everybody. The the people who take the products, the affiliates who are buying and selling the product and us as principals of the company. Okay. So, you know, sticking with that topic for just a minute more, a lot of affiliate owners are first-time entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. They they have never faced rejection. And maybe for that reason, they're a little bit nervous about sales. I think that if if one of them had gotten a less than tactful email back from somebody like me that owns a company, 
they would never have contacted that company again. But when you came out to Chicago, you started the conversation again, and we wound up on a completely different path, a complete 180. So first, you know, how did you restart that conversation? I'll let you tell that story. And why? Well, I'll build a little bit of backstory from that. Four years ago, you had never heard of me. You had never heard of Driven. You had no reason to believe anything that I was sending. By the time that I came up and introduced myself in Chicago, um, a lot of a lot of your mentors are carrying our products and, and our gems. Yeah, and they uh, and, tell me that every day. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and, it, and I hope that we're, at least I haven't heard that we're not doing a good job for them because they, they send some of their friends and some of their affiliates to come over to sign up. So by the time I got to Chicago, we had we had done the work we had put in the diligence so coming to you face to face and saying chris i'm jason rule driven nutrition this is what we do there was there was context there in terms of you had people who you trust and who you love who had already told you about us whereas four years ago that wasn't there okay so if an affiliate owner approaches a local corporation let's say and they're gonna they're gonna do a corporate challenge and right out of the gate they're just shut down you know, two years later, they've established themselves in the community. Some of the corporation staff works out there. You know, what mm-hmm. should their next step be? How would they get back in touch with, with that group? Here's, here's, how I would, here's how I would slice that one up. I would get there. I would get every member and I'd make a testimonial video just of their employees. And then I would target the heck out of that company or that region or that within a five mile radius that were potential influencers. And I would ask them, each of those members to share it on their wall. And then since that video was coming from my Facebook page, I would retarget anybody who watched three seconds of those with, and this was probably something that would, that you guys would take up when you guys are doing a good job now with talking about Facebook advertising and everything else, but retarget them with a specific offer but get it front of mind before you reach out again. And I would have those videos, those stories, and those Facebook ads running for three to four weeks before you even bother to pick up the phone. You want you want it tickling their reticular activator for a while before you reach out. Oh yeah, I've been seeing you all over the place. Huh, that's a coincidence. Over, that is, overnight success. <laughs> that is very, very smart. Wow, that's great. I mean, you know, we're, we're 35 minutes in here. I've learned a bunch of stuff. I think listeners have learned a ton of stuff. We haven't really talked about driven. We haven't talked about retail in your box. So <laughs> let's start there, Jason. Like, okay. what, what should an affiliate owner be selling in their gym as far as retail goes? what they take personally. And that's, it, it really is that because if you take it personally, you believe in it enough to put your money into it and put it into your body. So then offer it to your members. If that means that you need to buy a product and try a product yourself before you offer it, that's what I recommend. Start back at the beginning. The basic is, is why do you take it? What do you take? And when do you take it? And would it be a good fit for me? If you can answer all of those questions with a yes, then you should sell it in your box. You should make it available to your members. Okay. Then specifically back to how do I market it is keeping it front of mind two to three times a week on social media, inside your stories, sharing recipes, that type of thing. And going back to day one, when a member starts sharing with them, some of the experiences that you've seen as an affiliate owner, I have no doubt, even if an affiliate owners only owned their gym for a year, they've had a member sign up and at six weeks or at eight weeks, they have the member come in, they're wearing nanos, but they're carrying a gym bag full of product that they were sold at a store that they didn't need. Now, any gym, any gym owner that's five, six, seven years old, they're rolling their eyes and they're just wanting to put their head inside of a vice right now because it happens over and over again. So by talking to your members on day one, look, Chris, these are the products that you're going to see us taking throughout um, your time here at Catalyst. 
what I'm going to ask is when you have questions about supplements, you come and ask me. As we go through this fitness journey, there's going to be products that I'm going to recommend to you where you are in your fitness journey. But that's that's going to be on me to bring bring to the table for you to talk to you about. But if you have questions between now and then, hit me up because you are going to start Googling stuff. You're going to go into stores at six, seven weeks, your shoulders, you know, shoulders are going to get a little tighter and your shirt, you're going to start feeling better. So start that dialogue on day one to where your members know that you're the resource. They're, they're already trusting you with their fitness. You know, some of you guys are doing diet plans and stuff like that. So preemptively talking to them about supplements. And if there's not products you want them to take on day one, don't sell them products on day one. That doesn't, that doesn't fit for you. So do you take it? Do you like it? Do you put it in your body? And did you spend money on it? If so, bring it into your box. Uh, so that was, ask your question again, because I have a couple follow-ups from there. But I, I went into that rabbit hole pretty deep. No, well, that's great. I mean, the question was basically, what should people sell? But you also gave an amazing way to preface the conversation with them. Okay. You know? Yeah, that, I think that covers it. <laughs> but I mean, you, you said you've got like 50 SKUs. And, and right. a, SKU, a SKU guys is like a different product label. So you could have protein and vanilla and chocolate, and that would be two SKUs, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, just as an example, we have 21 or 22 flavors, variations, just of protein alone. With all of that options available, uh, you know, like what, what does the typical affiliate start with? So there are, I've started directing people in two directions. Uh, one is do a tasting day. There's five or six items that are our top sellers, a driven way. And we're going to, we're going to talk specifically about driven nutrition now, which we haven't done very much of yet, which, uh, that's great. Which, That's great. Yeah. So the driven, our top sellers uh, are the driven whey protein, the two pound. Bring in the top selling three flavors of that. And actually, if you go to our website, there's an affiliate link, um, affiliate area, and then a rapid reorder. So we actually have a bundle product that has all of these on there. But really, essentially what it is, it's three products, three three flavors of protein, and one amino acid, one disrupt, which is our, our, our amino acid with a little bit of caffeine, a blender bottle. Yeah, it's for bike riding. It's it's a really cool product. I'll talk take, to you about that Take later. my money. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it's, it's those five products. And what you do specifically is when you order them, you post on the day that you order. Okay. Uh, hey guys, we got a small amount of driven nutrition products coming. They'll be here on, if you order it today, it'll be here on Wednesday. So we're just going to open these bad boys up. We look forward to everybody's feedback on whether or not you think this is a good fit for us. So instead of now the alternative, what most gyms have done up till now is they order products, they try it behind closed doors. And then they give it to coaches. Hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think? And then they give it to their top five members. Hey, what do you think? But it gets awkward. And then there's trickle down the lane. People don't try products. People don't give feedback. The dog eats it. You know, any, any other variation that you can come up with. Now, instead, put it right in front. And I've, I have members ask, so you're telling me I should taste this at the same time my members are? Yes. I mean, that's a very, that's a very genuine process. If it comes in and if it tastes like crap and everybody hates it, like, you know whether or not it's going to sell. If it comes in and it tastes good, why would you want to wait to offer the product available make, make it available to your members? So what happens is, is between now and the time the product lands, by posting about it, when you order it, it marinates for a couple of days. Your members are going to go out and they're going to read about the products. They're going to go Google the products. They're going to, when they do that, it's going to come up on our Amazon store. It's going to come up on our website and that's it. They're going to read the reviews of the products. They're going to see the, uh, the retail price of it, which by not undercutting our affiliates, our affiliates actually are able to sell and offer our products at a discount over what we sell for online and on our Amazon store. So we protect, we protect the profit margins of our affiliates. 
So in those two days that it takes to, for you to get the product, your members are reading about it and seeing that engaging with the products, even on social media at times. Then when it lands, you make one more post, you go live. Guys, the Eagle has landed. We look forward to opening these bad boys up. First come, first serve. I've had people, Chris, I've had people take off from work, go to a gym for a tasting. <laughs> it's like Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now, when it lands, all you do is open it up and ask for feedback. But, oh, by the way, when you make that post, we'll have a pre-sale sheet available, which we send out with our onboarding. We haven't gotten into that yet. We're going to need to do different two-part series. Of yeah, we are. <laughs> Yeah, we are. <laughs> so the, the, we have a pre-sale sheet that we send out with the onboarding process. You print it off and it basically has all of our products across the top, a place for the member's name on the left. And then, you know, Jim can go and put an initial next to two pound away and put chocolate. So you turn the tasting event into an opportunity to sell and offer the products and have people sign up for it right then and there. So what do you do at that? You order twice as much as what you pre-sold. Because when it lands, Jill is going to love for her free wad, but Sally's going to be upset because she wasn't there for the tasting. So you're going to need product available there. So driving that, driving the profit back into your inventory is vital for uh, in those initial stages. Um, I, I mentioned there's there's two ways that I direct people. So the tasting day is great if it's something that an affiliate is wanting to try and get feedback from the numbers. If it's some something that somebody is ready to sign up and just rock and roll. We have, a, we have a beginning order that I put together about two years ago. One of our affiliates was, uh, and there's, there's, there's an article, I transcribed the calls, it's six or seven pages long, it's called Building Retail in Your Box. But he was, he was expanding, needed to make a lot more money. He'd got an operating loan and we, I, I steered him away from the, the amount. I mean, he was wanting to spend a lot of money on supplements. So I steered him away from that. Wow. And I, tran I transcribed that call and basically turned it into a blog series. And that's part of our onboarding process also. So he said, Jason, what would you order in my shoes? And I said, oh, great. And so, and still today, when an affiliate signs up, if they're ready to go, because we do have so many offerings, you know, for example, Chris, do you want to order two pounds or five pounds? I, I steer people away from five pounders because there's a possibility that somebody's going to buy a caramel latte and a chocolate a two pound protein. There's zero possibility of them doing that if they're just five pounders. Plus as an affiliate, if you only, if you have a certain amount of budget to work within, you want to fit smaller price point units inside of there because retail is turning of profits. So the, each time you turn an inventory, you generate the profit from that sale. So the more units you can fit inside of a certain size budget, faster you can generate revenue or profit and drive that money back into more stock. That is a very interesting point. And you know, the reason that I even wrote in Two Brain Business that we weren't selling inventory was because when I wrote it at the time, there was no way to make a decent margin on supplements. You were right. basically buying wholesale, reselling. The only way that you were ever going to make a 30% margin or even, you know, 10% was to buy garbage and mark it up. And I didn't want to leverage my, you know, my authority and, and sell my trust that cheaply. But right. you know, what, what should people be looking for right now? What's realistic? For a margin? Yeah. Oh, mid fifties. Really? Yeah. On, on average. Now, some of the products will be high forties just because it's like some of the larger bottles of protein and stuff. The margin just isn't as high, but as an average, gyms should be operating 52 to 55% profit margin. And, and that, that to me, to me, that's, that's a given, given, yeah. given my background. So a store, a store has to operate at that in order to be able to pay its bills, pay its rent, everything else. 
So it's, it's alien inside the affiliate community. And I think that that's one of the reasons, like you said, where did you guys come from? You know, overnight success, that type of thing, because we bring, we bring the retail mindset inside of the affiliate community. And we start teaching them, like, you have to be able to generate a profit. Cause the truth is if you're making a 30, 35% profit margin, you have to sell three to pay for the one that you took. That's a losing battle. And what sucks is, yeah. is you go and that's, so people ask me all the time, well, why don't you do bags? Well, because as a store owner, my employees used to use razor blades and they would cut stuff open. And then I would have to just waste product or I'd take stuff that I didn't want to take myself anyway. So if you open one of those bad boys up and the bag tears or something breaks, it, it retail doesn't work if you can't generate a solid profit. So you, you, you nailed it. When you, when you, when you wrote that, you were absolutely right. Well, I think that the supplement that I tried to bring in was uh, Paleo Kids, you know, which was like the only CrossFit supplement back then. And it was like a Ziploc bag or a freeze zip bag, whatever, yeah. of freeze dried berries, some nuts and some jerky. And I think I was making about 70 cents per package after I, after oh. I brought it in. Yeah. So I think oh. I probably ate them all. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean... So the biggest, the biggest thing that I love about you guys is that you really focus on educating your clients. So speaking objectively, like what is the value to driven in educating affiliate owners on what they need, what to sell, how to sell it, all that stuff? What is the value? Um, I mean, we've been able to, I mean, what's the value of being on this call? I mean, it, because if we don't bring that value, then we're just another supplement company out there you know, hawking our wares and everything else. We're not, we're not, we're just, we're just advertising. I believe that building a solid foundation for a company centers around building the assets and the tools that, that the people who are building, actually building your company need. So is, is that smart marketing or is that Jason? <laughs> I, sometimes, oh man, sometimes I wonder about that. You know, it, uh, we get, we get hit up all the time for sponsored people wanting to be sponsored this event. And I, we don't sponsor events. But what if I'm CrossFit famous? CrossFit famous? I'm a, so here's a, here's here's a true story. Uh, without naming names, even though I love the guy and he's done an amazing job, he he lost his sponsorship. CrossFit famous, and reached out to us because he heard that we were good to work with and everything else. And I said, well, have you ever bought our product? And he said, well, no. And I said, so well, like, we don't we don't work with people who haven't been customers. The way the way that I look at it is just like an affiliate owner. If you're going to tell your followers to buy product, you should, you should have put your money where your mouth is. And he said, he said, say, say no more, man. He said, I want to work with you guys just because of that. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's smart marketing or if it's just me being hard headed and just kind of how I was raised, but I, it, it's just so much easier to be genuine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the reason I ask this question is because you and I are a lot alike and that's a question that I get all the time. How did you learn how to be so good at marketing by putting out all these blog articles? Right. And I don't think it is marketing for better. For, luckily it turned out great for me and for you, but yeah, I just don't think of it that way. So the last piece, man, is like, what, what makes you that way? Like, you know, who is depending on you to be successful or what experiences have you had that led you to this point where you can't stop helping, you can't stop adding value, you know, like what are the emotional leverage points of Jason Rule? <laughs> the emotional leverage points. I'm going to use uh, that. Yeah, yeah, you will. Uh, well, one of them, I think I told you the story, whenever I'm doing something that I feel takes some courage, uh, I'll, I'll wear my uh, little Victor shirt, which is, 
Lakin, our three-year-old, actually, no, he's going to be, he was, last year he was three. He had uh, three open heart surgeries the first year of his life. So as we were getting driven off the ground, he, he had those, he had those surgeries. The last one, which uh, we were in University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and that was, that was his last surgery. And we don't, so that's one of them. When, when we were getting this company off the ground, Val was pregnant. And then that came about his first surgery. He had, you know, he, he got life lighter when he was nine days old. So um, uh, surprisingly, we were just going in to get a, a murmur checked out. So he had one surgery seven weeks after his first surgery, had another one. Then we knew the last one had to be done before he was a year old. So he had it done. In fact, uh, his last surgery was four years ago. So that's a big part of it. Spending, spending, spending three months in an ICU room, onboarding affiliates talking to them, sending messages to people and trying to find, trying to find the tools and put together the assets that, that I knew that they needed because I, so I had the retail background. I was, I, I had that experience and then I was building these relationships with these affiliates and I knew the things that I needed to be able to implement and provide to them. That was a lot of work inside of a really horrible time in our lives. And I look back and I have to, just personally, one of the levers that I have is I have to make sure that that was worth it. So when do you ask yourself, is this worth it? How often, you know, under what circumstances? <laughs> like every entrepreneur, probably every day. Uh, you know, um, we've got, we've got a great life with, with our family and we're growing. We're, we're meeting some people here locally. We've been expanding our friendships and stuff like that, but there's been a lot of sacrifices over the last three years that, that um, my wife has made um, to, to where we can follow and build this dream up. So I, I, I probably ask that every day, but when I get into the office and I pull my calendar up and I start onboarding affiliates and I start seeing the systems that we have that both work very well and both and, and need improved, that that's what drives me, taking a look at, at what needs to be improved on and where we can get better. So two years from now, where is, where's this company and where's Jason Rule? Mm. Well, we'll still be in Springfield, Missouri. One of the things that's great is we can touch 99% of the country inside of the two days, just, just with ground rates. That's one of the things that we got lucky, lucky with not being in Florida, not being East coast or West coast. Um, some of the things that we have to get implemented um, is reaching out, reaching into Canada. We have probably 30, maybe 40 affiliates up there, but the duties and the shipping rates are so high. It's just not an affordable process. And um, we get, we get contacted often by distributors, but as soon as we go a distributor route who doesn't understand our business model, we lose control over who can buy our products. So that by being exclusive to affiliates and keeping it, keeping it inside the family like that, then we can't, we can't just have a distributor warehouse our products along with everybody else's. So international, I mean, we we're in Puerto Rico, we're several affiliates in Canada. We have um, a couple over in England, but it's just not affordable. So having those distribution points finalized in the middle, by the middle of next year is going to be a key point for us. Whereas Jason rule, I think that just continuing to grow, you know, I, I think I told you in Chicago, my goal is to go to five events this year. I, I have two more to go to and meet people and kind of share our story and our experiences and kind of spread the word a little bit. That's, that's probably what I'll be doing more of over the next year, year and a half. That's great, man. Okay. Well, 
Affiliates who are looking to get in touch with you, we're going to have some links uh, to all the stuff that Jay mentioned in the show notes. But Jason, if they're listening to this in their car right now and they want to pick up their phone and call you or text you, what's the fastest way? Fastest way is go to drivennutrition.com.net, either one. There'll be a pop-up on the bottom that's will be messenger okay. and that that comes through to to my team up here or if they want to get started the most efficient route is up top actually there's the main link on the website is become an affiliate if if you mm-hmm. fill that out just take one minute fill that out the very next page is a video of me and i was telling Britton the other day it's we recorded it during the winter so i'm like pasty and i really needed to dance so i need to re-video re- that uh, but it's a video of me explaining the process okay we don't you don't get wholesale pricing until you schedule your call. Mm. So you, you fill out, fill out the form to become an affiliate. The next page is you schedule a call. So it links directly to my calendar. Um, so you can pick a time that works for you whenever you like. And then it usually takes about 30 minutes. I found is the onboarding process to kind of teach them um, how to get started and then how to execute moving forward. And then from there, our onboarding takes place. I shoot everybody a text so they have my cell phone, and, and then we just rock and roll. So I'm going to ask this as a follow-up question that I didn't have planned, um, because yesterday we had somebody apply for mentorship at Two Brain, and I turned them down, and it was painful to do so. Uh, but mm-hmm. th- there were just too many things that didn't line up. How often do you turn affiliates down, and what are some of the reasons that you do? We don't turn down affiliates. And I think that your, your reasons will be different than ours if we would. I mean, we, don't, we turn down people who aren't affiliates. Since we don't have minimums, uh, once, once we turn it on and you're able to order at Wholesale, Chris, um, you, can, you can order one product just for yourself and you can order it at Wholesale. To me, that, that doesn't phase me. And then eventually, and I've had affiliates do that for a year, take it themselves, and then all of a sudden, boom, they blow up. And now I'm starting to see big orders come through. So we don't, we don't turn down affiliates. If you fill it out, you go through the vetting process and you schedule your call, you get set up at wholesale, you can order at wholesale. Now, whether or not you execute, whether or not you do the work and actually build that business inside of your gym, that's, that's up to the, the gym owner themselves, but we don't, we don't hold their feet to a fire. And, um, I don't, from a, from a mentorship, I'd be curious to have that conversation with you to see whether or not there would be a reason to do that from from what I've seen so far, there's not because we've got a product. Yeah, we've got a product. If people want to buy it at wholesale as an affiliate, they can. If they don't want to, they don't have to. Okay, that's fantastic, man. Good answer. Okay, Jason, thanks so much for coming on here. I'm going to uh, leave the show there, and I know people are going to be in touch with you right after they hear this. Chris, it was an absolute honor. I've enjoyed talking with you. Hey, everybody. Uh, just want to give you an update. We are starting another Two Brain Stories. Just waiting for uh, Nicole to jump on, and we will get started. Hi. There we go. Hey, Nicole, how's everything going? Welcome to Two Brain Stories. Hey, so, how's it? what we're going to do real quick is um, a little synopsis about the Two Brain Stories. We're going to talk about whether it's a struggle or success that you've had being a business owner, and basically talking about that and the steps you took. Whether you're going through the struggle currently and you still haven't had the solution finished, or you had a solution that finished it, or a success that was really well, and you want to share it with everybody. So. Welcome, and tell me a little bit about yourself and about the business, and then we'll jump into the story. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this. It's going to be fun. I, I'm not going to lie. I struggled trying to figure out what story to, to tell. So I'm Nicole. I'm a registered dietitian, and I started with a nutrition practice first and was 
working in a hospital, then I got contacted with Chris Cooper. We were helping some gyms implement nutrition in like 2013, 14 time. And that's how I got connected with, with TubeBrain. And at the same time, uh, we opened up a gym and then we started helping more and more gyms. I hired a GM, so she runs the gym and I do nutrition all the time, working with different gyms. <laughs> that's it. That's all very nice. Doing. Very nice. How much time are you actually spending in the business now or the gym? I went yesterday to say hi and I'll be there today to work out. I don't coach at all anymore and I've got two guys that have been personal training for three years and I will keep them just because it's my break during the day and they're really fun and that's that's it. I'm not in the gym very much at all. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats on being able to get to that point and you did it very, very quickly too, uh, which is awesome. Actually sticking yeah. by building the systems and uh, getting to that point. So congrats. That's awesome. Thanks. You know, I, we hired Marcy to be our GM within four months of us opening. So it was like looking back so quick and it's taken a while to figure out what even her role is and it changes all the time and figuring out like what really gets her going and like what makes her so excited. And I think we finally found a place that she's really, really good at and she loves it and she's super passionate about it and allows me to work from home and go to the gym to work out. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So let's, uh, let's jump into your story. What is, uh, what's the story you're going to tell everyone today? So I think it kind of relates to what we were just talking about with Marcy and kind of delegating. Um, one thing that I really struggled with at the beginning with opening up all the businesses is trying to do everything and you can't do it all. It's just impossible. And something's going to give and you're, it, it was, terrible. I, I didn't do a good job at, at a lot of things. And I think realizing um, what you are good at and what you're not and trying to find people that are really good and like fired up about what you're not good at and getting them as close to you as possible. <laughs> so if we backtrack, you know, in 2012, when I opened up Healthy Sets Nutrition, I was literally doing everything like trying to manage social media, which I was terrible. I didn't do anything with social media, trying to build partnerships and see clients and still um, work at the hospital full time. I, I, gosh, I wasn't good. Um, <laughs> and what happened was, is I was working super long days and I, um, wasn't happy. I didn't have a good, I didn't have alone time. I, it was, it was tough to have a work-life balance and met Chris Cooper and we started getting some systems in place. And then I started realizing, okay, I need to start what I thought. And it's funny now I'm talking to more and more dietitians and they think the same way I did. Like, I'd rather just do it all and save all the money, mm -hmm. right? Like not pay anyone to do something like Teresa for the website. Like I spent an ungodly amount of hours setting up my first website and it was awful. And she's redone it twice since then. And it looks amazing now. But if I would have just hired her at the beginning, I would have saved so much time and could have worked on something else. Um, so I think, and even at the, the two brain summit well, in the tinker group, my biggest thing was I need to build a staff and keep building it to highlight things that I'm not the best at. And that's one thing I would say is turned into a success over the past, I would say eight months. Um, now, I mean, we have someone that manages our social media accounts and she does a really amazing job and she's super passionate about it. I have someone that writes like a good amount of content for us, like the blogs and stuff I might start on, but she makes them sound really good and just, everything with the mentor team that we have. I think that that was probably one of the biggest things I struggled with was kind of letting go of some of the things like worried that it might, um, I don't know, might not be as good, but now it's way better than when I did it. 
Yeah, I think that's that's one of the big things that I, I struggle with a lot, opening the business and then opening up the gym. I mean, goodness, when we when we opened up the gym, I was coaching all the morning classes and the night classes, um, and then trying to fit in calls with gyms in the middle of the day. It was crazy. Um, and now, obviously not like that, thank goodness, yes. but you have to build a team. And for us, the team found what has come together with, and I'm sure Chris is going to tell me <laughs> at the point I need to hire outside of just our network, but we found really great fits to run all parts of our business within people that are super passionate about what we do and that have like been through the program themselves. Like every single one of our team members had, was, was some shape or form connected to HSN before us hiring them. Okay. Okay. When, when you hired your GM on and you kind of let go a little bit of the way you wanted everything to run, you explained, of course, Hey, this is how you're going to run everything. This is how I want it, but it's always never going to be the exact same. Cause it's not you. And yeah. same with your nutrition mentors and, and allowing them to start taking on clients and taking on gym owners and stuff like that to build out the, the content and build out the mentorship where you don't have complete control over it. What actually was the breaking point that caused you to say, okay, I need a GM. Okay, I need someone else to help me with the mentorship. Where was it or what was the time? What was it like that actually had that idea in your head of, okay, I need to bring somebody else on to help? With the GM, I was coaching either the morning or the night every single day. And the nutrition mentoring business was growing pretty quickly. So there was no way for me to be able to do all the free calls, answer all the emails, manage the nutrition clients that I had and manage the gym. It just, it wasn't possible. So I, Marcy was one of the coaches for us in the morning and she was super passionate about everything that we did. And basically we talked to Chris and I asked um, her, Jason, I sat down with her, I'm like, what would it take for you to come on full time? And she was super vulnerable and told us like exactly what she made to the penny and we figured out a way to make sure that she made that at the very minimum and make more. Well, she makes a lot more now than she did when she started. But she, yeah, it, it was a point where you only have so many hours in the day and you're not going to be able to do it all. So I needed someone to to come play. The gym role seems easier to fill that, that GM role over trying to hire mentors. I mean, I had one mentor, Lindsay, at the time, and she was doing really great, but I didn't have the idea that I would need to bring on more people. Now we, we definitely have, um, but the gym role seems like we had the perfect fit. She was already in the community. She was already coaching. Everyone loved her. She wanted to learn more and she wanted to play a bigger role and it, it worked out really, really well. So it was like we offered her the position with the next day she accepted it. So that was awesome. That's really awesome. That's really awesome yeah. that you, you not only had the realization of, hey, like I'm doing everything and it just something's going to break. And instead of yeah. allowing it to break, you actually let it get to the point where you realized before that car accident, hey, I need to bring somebody else in. Now, with your GM, how did you actually go about what roles and tasks or what, what opportunities did you give to her to take on going from a coach to the point where she is now? So she started off doing a lot of the admin work, right? Like making sure that all the payments were processed. And then she was started doing, at the beginning, we were still doing some most of the on-ramps and she would... Even when she came on as a GM, like I still felt like I needed, people needed to have that connection with me and they don't, and they don't miss me. And it's not, I mean, they love seeing me when I'm there, but I don't mm. need to do any personal training on ramp sessions. She does all of that. So that was kind of a learning curve. And then just managing payments and social media, she was started doing and 
just all the day-to-day stuff, like answering emails, answering the gym phone. Gosh, I remember having two phones that I would have to carry around with me. Well, first it was my cell phone, right? Like mm-hmm. people call my cell phone for anything at all hours of the night. And then I'm like, okay, I need a, I need a separate business phone. And then I was carrying that business phone around with me. I'm like, what, what's the point of this? I'm never going to have a day off. So now the business phone stays at the gym and she takes care of it, answers all of that. And then, yeah, it, it changes. Like her, she has a set roles and tasks and she keeps like lists of things that she does, every, things that she needs to do every day. Um, make sure that we have shop and make sure the gym is clean and make sure like everything's organized and it looks good in there. I mean, she's, she's there from like six, five thirty to two every day, Monday through Friday. And she, she does awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. And that's awesome to have somebody like that, that you hired internally and you didn't have to go out outside to find them, but some gyms, it's going to be necessary for them to find that. So what would you say her key characteristics that you noticed from her that made you think, okay, she's going to be the perfect fit as a GM. So I think, you know, she's super moldable as she really wants to learn and take on more. And she just wants to help and do anything she can to build, to build the business. I mean, are there, is she the best at every single little thing? No, and none of us are, but she's really good at taking direction. If we say like, Hey, we need you to do this. She does it before we have to say anything else. And the, she's been a GM for over a year now. So she has learned like, okay, what do I not have to ask Nicole for? And like the text messages all day and it, it doesn't happen anymore. Like she just handles everything and, and it's fine. Was everything the way I would have handled it? No, but that's okay. I don't have to handle it. So she did it. And you know, I, everyone gets like, they need, they need um, praise different ways, right? Like some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by whatever. She's super motivated by positive reinforcement and giving her feedback. Like she loves hearing that she's doing a great job and she is. And Jason made a, sign on the door that says general manager Marcy Fazio and that like got her super pumped like she needs um that kind of stuff to to get her excited and took us a while to figure out all right oh she's not motivated by money what is she motivated by and that that has really driven home of course like you need money to survive but some people that's not the big motivating factor for them right yeah and I think that's actually a perfect way to wrap it up is if you're going to be looking internally or even externally, finding the people and finding what they're motivated by, whether that's by money um, or if it's something higher, a higher purpose, uh, praise, as you said, figure out what that is in your staff and make sure that you can provide that to them. Or if you have a GM in that position, they can provide it to them um, so that they are continually fulfilled and always feeling like uh, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They're, they're getting closer to their perfect day. They just love being at the gym. So I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Thank you. Awesome. You know, I think too, looking at like reassessing every, I mean, we reassess what she's doing all the time. So her roles and tasks change depending on what we need and what she loves. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And in my case, I have my GM exactly the same thing. The roles and tasks will change, uh, but she does a great job. Doesn't always do it exactly the way I thought I would do it, but sometimes it's honestly, she handles it better than I would have. So Absolutely. It, it's a perfect fit. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Nicole, thank you again for coming on two brain stories and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And to anyone else that's on here, that's watching or is going to watch this, please let us know if you have a really important story, whether that's a struggle or success that you want to share with the rest of the community and other business owners, please let me know at Greg at two brain and we will get you on here. So thanks again, Nicole. And we look forward to speaking to you later. Bye. Have a great day.